the South Congress podcast is a lifestyle. We're back. Yes. The views expressed like are those of the host. Like we was going for a long time, right? Different backgrounds and experiences. Yeah, week was a long time. Really think about it. <laughs> Welcome back, man. Welcome back to you, <laughs> too, sir. Yo, we, um, like full disclosure, we got together uh, on Sunday. It was like Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I made pancakes. Um, and it was weird. We had like a whole day planned out. And I was like. Correction, you made waffles. Sure. I made waffles. And we had a whole day planned out. And like, I, I feel like I expressed that I was making food. And of course, Peanut shows up with a 20 piece chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Because that's. I keep it trill, everybody. You keep it cholesterol. (laughs) That's how you you keep it. Oh my goodness. Um, So no, yeah, we. um, But but to kind of bring the story around, we sat there, we looked at each other, we were like, "Yo, we do not have any content. Not a fucking thing to talk about." And we're we're going to explain why um, here in a second. Um, Yeah, South Congress podcast episode sixty three. My name is Cameron. And I'm Tristan. So wait, is it sixty three or sixty four? Well, it was it, last week. Would have been sixty three. Oh, because okay, remember gotcha. we got we dropped the sixty two point five. Got oh, so you're right, you're right, you're right. Sixty three. Right, right. um, so I have to wear my Nintendo shirt next week, I guess. Probably. Anyway, um, so yeah, let let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, tell tell us about your week. Matter of fact, your last two weeks, if you can Ooh. kind of bring that Ooh. around. So long story short. Everybody. No, long story long. It's it's a podcast. Oh, I understand, but you know, but I just don't want to get into too much detail. But okay, <laughs> so from from last week, you know, pretty much my back was fucked up. Um, pretty much uh, drove from like three p.m. to like midnight. Fucking sucked. Um, and this is where I lead to this, where I say, you know, whoever's listening, um, if you ever do one thing in life, if you ever take any kind of advice that I give you. Here's where I say that you need to listen. If you're with somebody and shit goes wrong, okay, it is what it is. But if they say, hey, I'm moving. Is it, um, I need to come by and pick up my stuff. God damn it. Allow that motherfucker to go get their stuff and let it be over with. Now you're probably wondering why am I at, why am I saying this? I'm going to tell you why. So long story short. You keep making a long story short. Just tell a story. Uh, okay, so basically... Um, to summarize it, uh, Miguel, fr- friend of the show, he was dating a woman where we used to teach at and coach and whatnot. Um, you know, shit happens. Split up. It is what it is. And last June when we were moving him out, he hits up his ex. He's like, hey, I have like three or four bins over there of personal stuff, personal belongings. And it's actually like sentimental and actual shit that he needed. I was like, hey. I'm sure it was all baseball hats. <laughs> One bin is probably all baseball hats. <laughs> I've never seen you guys. I've never seen Miguel without a hat. I he's the, he's the Kung Lao of, of the crew. <laughs> and uh, so basically, she just doesn't answer his texts or calls. No nothing. So he's like, you know what? All right, fuck it. Fast forward to last week. Last week, I had actually bought a ticket to go watch us. Proud of myself and everything. Literally 10 minutes after I purchased it, Miguel calls. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? What do you have planned today? Nothing, just watch a movie at 2.45. Hey, um, so when you're done with that, hey, man, need a favor. Since you have a truck, uh, we need to go back t- to the town. I was like, the fuck for? 
Well, she just hit me up with an email, and she said, hey, I don't know if this email still works, but if it does, I'm just letting you know that I'm moving out of state for my new job. Your four, ben- uh, your four bins are in the garage. The garage is unlocked. You have until Thursday to go pick it up, or it's all getting thrown out. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen, one, we, we've established that yeah. you are a very good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, in times of need, you definitely help people down, and that's to be saluted. Relationships are hard, man. Like I emotion and feelings and it should make you want to be alone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just look at it. I'm it just like, like, God damn. When people, like when people talk about, uh, you know, not me in particular, but when I see like those uh, family reunions and get together and stuff like you're mm-hmm. not married yet. I, I understand why. I understand why people choose to be single. Yeah. Because shit is crazy. I know this lady um, who I work with who's like going through a divorce and she spends about an hour each morning explaining to whoever she talks to on the phone the ins and outs of the divorce. Gross. I swear. I, I Listen, Faye watches enough how to get away with murder at home. It's the same conversation. <laughs> it's all like procedural <laughs> lawyer talk. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, well, like one of y'all just needs to die. I'm not wishing death on anybody, but it would be easier for everybody because I'm sure that he's doing the same thing with his whoever he talks to about how hard this is. It should be so complicated, and I so don't understand it. Yeah, no, and it's funny because you never really talk about it. Just like, eh, whatever, fuck it. But I like said so the thing it just kind of pisses us off is like I'm moving out of state. I'm calling you on Saturday to let you know you have five days. I've, I'm sure I've known about this job that that it was coming, like. I could put your stuff, like, in storage for the time. Like, everything about what she did was vindictive. Yeah. Yeah. And not not only that, it's like one of her good friends is also a good friend of ours. She Mm -hmm. could have been like, hey, you can hold it. We could have picked it up from his place. No problem. No. But but not only that. I'm leaving it here to where if you don't come get it. Like, my goal is to inconvenience you. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and like I said, it was just really fucked up. It's like, you know, all these vacation breaks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like, couldn't have hit him up then. But no, Saturday morning, hey, you have till this, knowing that he's a teacher, and Saturday morning, you know, we're kind of pretty freaking close. And so needless to say, my goddamn back was hurting for the longest time. Yeah. I, I've been able to do a lower body workout for and nah, so this we whole were, week. I mean, we were, we were out in the mix on Sunday, and Pino was like, yo, I got to go. See what you mean? He's like, yo, my back is messed up. Like, I have to leave. Mm-hmm. And then he rolled out. He missed out on some good food. Yeah. I was. I threw down on them wings, son. I, um, I was kind of upset. So uh, hey, are, you, are you done? Don't let me cut you off about your week. Weeks. No, that, that's pretty much it. And then, like I said, you know, just um, – this whole week, you know, very chill. We had te- uh, first round of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've been doing now is um, just opening up the weight room for the kids after school. I have I have at least about 20 plus kids every day, you know, wanting to get, you know, stronger or whatever the hell. And then uh, it's, it's approached me, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to follow up uh, in the coming weeks and whatnot. But probably start next year, they actually start paying me to do that shit. That's really cool. Hell yeah. It is actually two, three hundred bucks a month just yeah. to. Work out with kids, absolutely. No, yeah, that's dope. Um, How was your uh, past couple weeks? Jesus Christ. Um, so, if you listen to this show, if you listen to this feed in particular, um, you know that uh, last Sunday, and I guess this comes out Monday, so eight days 
uh, prior to this was was WrestleMania. WrestleMania being the, the you know the big wrestling event of the year, and when you work in wrestling media, it's kind of your biggest time of the year. So my schedule went. And and when I say this, like I want to preface all this by saying none of this was forced on me, of course. Um, my, you know, my whole thing is the work matters. The work is important. Do the work. Um, exactly. I think that if you want to say that, you know, you're, you're good at something or you belong in a space, I think that part of that is, is putting in the time and the effort uh, to make sure that you're appreciated in that space. So... Um, the first thing I did, I, and I'm going to try to remember it, remember it in order, um, Friday night, Travis and I did a WrestleMania preview show. Um, we did audio and we did video. Um, and the kind of behind the scenes, the video stuff we did, we had two cameras, um, one in front of us, one behind us, and then we cut to graphics of each match, kind of talked about the ins and outs of it, who we thought was going to win, who we thought was going to lose, what the ramifications would be, all that. Um, so... We do that, and then my man Joe Anderson hits us up, um, says, hey, I need you to come through with your recording equipment. I said, okay, you know, whatever. So we sat down Saturday, and we did a show, um, audio and video. And if you listen to the South Congress feed, that's episode 62.5. Um, we titled it The Process. Joe is planning out a show where he talks to um, like a different creative each week about just their process on how they make their art. Which I think is amazing. Like I really want to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always looking for new inspiration. So to see how people who are good at things make things, like I'm really excited about that. So um, we did that and we did video. Sunday, I get the call. Hey, do you want to do the Bruce Mitchell audio show? So typically, if you listen to this, you know that I work for Pro Wrestling Torch, and uh, kind of like my favorite podcast is the Bruce Mitchell audio show. Um, you know, Bruce has been a wrestling fan since he was a kid, which is like 1826 or some shit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, like slaves dropped him off at his first wrestling show, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but no, um, but he's like, you know, Bruce is a wrestling historian. He can tell you about wrestling probably as early as like the 1930s, 1940s. Like he's on his shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to finally host his show, uh, which was great. The thing about Bruce is he's a talker. And, of course, if you do podcasts, you're a talker. But if you don't reel him in, he'll go and go and go. So what they try to do is to cut it into two one-hour segments. Yeah, we went about three and a half hours total. Wow. Um, on a Sunday night. <laughs> so, But that was a great experience. Um, got some really good feedback from that. So, Is there anybody else in that show? Or? Um, no, just me and Bruce. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, so it was a cool conversation talking about WrestleMania week, also doing predictions, taking some user um, – some – VIP emails from from subscribers to the site, mm-hmm. and boy, they were asking about shit I didn't know about stuff from way before I was born. That's why I'm glad I was hosting, and they weren't asking me. <laughs> um, yo, like, did Bob Backlund know that the town was going to be thrown out? Like, motherfucker, I don't know. I have no idea. But Bruce does. That's why they pay him the big bucks. Yeah. So that was a great experience. That Earlier badass. that day, my man uh, Manny Brown from Any Given Sunday podcast, we did a WrestleMania preview, and then like talk some sports, and it's it's cool because like. Manny is, um, you know, black wrestling fan, black sports fan, in the same vein that I am. So 
when somebody like wants you to be on their show and they like tell you the things you do are cool and like it's great to hear voices like yours in you know this wrestling space it's like oh my god like i'm sitting here blushing this is amazing but we had a great convo that was early sunday um so those were the sunday shows of course we did uh, the east coast cast that we do every um you know every wednesday so we did that you and i did episode 62 on sunday no we didn't record sunday no we recorded saturday yeah saturday uh after me and joe yeah we recorded saturday um so I I did Undisputed Pod with my man uh D Palm. It was me, him, Rich, uh, and uh Sam Franco. Sam is the uh like they're all so cool. Like, you know, Rich works for the torch and Rich is like uh you know, head student programs at University of Pittsburgh. Love oh, wow. Rich. Nice. Uh, you know, used to write for USA Today. Rich is amazing. Jesus um, Christ. You know, Palm has Palm's I think the best podcaster, like period. Um, him and Chris do the um you know, their own insanity report. Um they do all the all the big cons and get all these interviews, do all these great reviews and they see everything and they know everything about every comic. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Sam does a bunch of uh PA stuff for Georgia Bulldogs. So, like, these are all, like, super cool people. I'm like, yeah, and then they let little old me get on there, and they just make fun of me for an hour. But um, we did a WrestleMania preview. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, then, like, after all this potting, um, then it's WrestleMania. And so you and I went out early that day. Then I had people over. I fell asleep when the main event started. I was out of there. <laughs> I had already taken Monday off. I swear. Not sure I've drugged you. Wow. Um, yeah. First of all, let's let's talk <laughs> with that picture. He def he definitely. Why, why did he put himself in the picture? Because he carded you, man. Like, I don't know. We're gonna we have to have a side conversation about that. Were your pants missing when you woke up? <laughs> I'm not gonna dignify that <laughs> with the response. So after all this, man, like I had already put in a vacation time, but I've mm-hmm. never needed a mental health day like that. And, and it's weird. What is like, that? If you if you don't do this mm-hmm. specifically. Like, if you haven't done podcasting, it sounds weird to say, wow, like, there's not even a thing. Like, why would you be tired from that? You're mentally fucking tired. Try talking and coming up with new ideas for 10 hours in a week. And I don't mean talking to your friends. I I don't mean talking to your loved ones or the people you work with. I mean, outside of that, sit down, turn on a microphone, and talk for 10 hours. I've never been so exhausted. And I mean, you know, you and I, mm-hmm. we grew up, we played Texas football. Like, <laughs> we know tired. Throw up, can't see tired. Me- mentally tired. Mental, t- I guess mental tiredness is definitely on a whole new level. It's physical different, tiredness. man. Physical it's tiredness, different. you can go to sleep and you'll yeah. be all right. I, could, I, could, I was just laying there like I, real tears. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I'm upset about this. It was just I've never been tired in this way. So I'm glad that that's over. Um, WrestleMania, please never happen again. Okay, so <laughs> that's enough about all that. Let's get started with stuff, shall we? All right. Tell me about your man, Nick Saban. Uh, well, Nick Saban actually came out of the comment. They talked to him uh, recently where he talked about how he doesn't, I guess to him, it's just kind of silly about when underclassmen leave early for the mm-hmm. NFL. There's obviously pros and cons to that. His understanding to that is, or basically he says is like, hey, 
we've had kids here, and we're not going to name any names, where they'll see that, oh, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to leave for the test the test the waters, and they get drafted third or fifth round, which, okay, got drafted, awesome. But then he says, you know, these guys could have stayed one more year, been the best of their position, got drafted the first or second round, and got about 15 to 18 million more dollars. You know, it's funny, and you... you Damn near quoted that perfect. Let me give you the exact quote. Yeah. Uh, now we have guys that have no draft grades, mm-hmm. seventh round grades, free agent grades, fifth round grades that are going out of the draft. And the person that loses in that is the player. If you're a third round pick and we had you here one last year, not going to say any names, he goes in and starts for his team. So he's making third round money, mm-hmm. which is not that great. He'd be the first guy taken as his, at his position this year, probably, and make 15 to 18 million more. Um, yeah, and when you take out, you know, what the agent makes, like what uh, club makes, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it is pretty drastic of a difference. Um, so I, I, I want to bring this around to a larger thing, but about what he said specifically, do you have any more thoughts about that? No, I, I mean, I, I definitely see his point um, because there are, there are a lot of players that they do decide to leave early because, you know, obviously everybody, and, you know, why wouldn't you? has confidence in themselves and is like, you know, yeah, I'm going to be the best of this and yada, yada, which, I mean, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that because if you're not confident in yourself, then, you know, who's going to be, who's really going to be confident in you, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, it, it, if your whole goal is for money, I mean, why would you leave that kind of kind of money on the table? I mean, I, I can also see that at the same time, the con side, like if you do stay and you tear an ACL, there's shit, that's your, especially your running back, that's your career. Like running backs are pretty, is almost... A dead crap in the NFL today's you know today's game like you don't see too many you know everything's more about you know the short pass game. That's you know, the position where you leave early. Yes, like it's hard to argue a running back leaving early. Exactly. I still have my knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let me get this money really quick. You know, mm-hmm. play seven eight years and then just retire. Um, but you know, I can definitely see that. Like you know, me personally, yeah. It, unless you're like, and even though in college this only works for the, for this because obviously after college hasn't really done shit but like if you're like a I guess for example like a Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. you know tore it up in college I mean obviously no reason for him to really you know to stay except maybe to try and win Texas A&M a national title mm-hmm. but obviously outside the NFL or I'm sorry outside of college you know life hasn't really been too good to him mm-hmm. you know, did kind of an NFL bust that nigga's trash yeah didn't do shit in the CFL <laughs> like, nigga's trash and, like you uh, say what it is AF yeah. you know is is folded which we're going to talk about that too yeah and so i mean like, like just just me personally to me i mean in my own opinion i really think a lot a lot of these student athletes what they need to do is every single one of them you need to make sure you graduate you need to make sure you get that degree take advantage of the position that you have free education you're not going to worry about student loans the rest of your life because if shit doesn't pan out everybody has nfl dreams but only like Maybe a handful of them are actually going to get drafted. You know, have a have a backup plan, and you know, just just make money that way. You know, it, it's fine. You know, going to finance or being a teacher, being a doctor, being whatever, or a lawyer, like that's fine. You know, but the thing is, you don't have to worry about student loans. To quote mm-hmm. the late great Chris Tucker, I know Chris Tucker ain't dead, yeah. but it always sounds good when you say the late great. Exactly, um, <laughs> niggas are broke these days, man. Like I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. Nick Saban. But, like, you want people who come from nothing to uh, – you you want people who come from nothing to bet on themselves in a way that does benefit them, but in a larger way benefits you. Yeah. 
I mean, because you're keeping more talent. Yeah, exactly. Around. Yeah. It's so it's it's hard when, and and I'm not saying that Nick Saban is like wrong in this. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not being genuine in this, but he absolutely has something to gain from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's difficult when you when you're a player who comes from nothing, who's never seen money, to say okay, you can go get six million dollars mm-hmm. now, or if you wait, you can get eighteen million dollars. It's like well. I literally have zero dollars. So <laughs> a six million dollar increase from zero dollars is gonna be very tempting. But you know what? Huh. If you pay the players while they're in college, they might stick around longer. They might mm-hmm. not have to leave and go get more money. Eh, true. True. But I, I mean, mean that, that's where it gets to be a sticky situation. I'll say if anything, maybe just set some kind of fund kind of thing on the side and we'll yeah, down nigga, four uh, years. Yeah, a money fund. They give yeah. you some money. Yeah, you know, so um, when they when they complete the terms of the scholarship. If you did complete the terms of the scholarship, yeah. you'd have a stipend waiting for you. Exactly. Wow. I see nothing wrong with that. Nah, then they kick niggas out of school for nothing. <laughs> they find a, a way to get that out of there. So so let's bring this around. Yeah. The AAF. Okay. Out of there. Out of there. We've had conversations like with friends mm-hmm. kind of about the AAF and like like our man Flo was like, I'm surprised that it folded. I'm like, I don't know why. Because remember his thing was like, well, like San Antonio wants football. I'm like, well, people will go to mm-hmm. a football game to to be in the moment, to experience football, to hoop and holler and cheer. People aren't going to tune in to watch subpar football. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, the the San Antonio team, the Commanders, they were selling close to damn near 40000 every home game, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Everybody else is maybe at 10000 mm-hmm. if that. But at the same time, San Antonio also has other interests. The, mm-hmm. the fan base San Antonio, they're, they're there for the Commanders as well, obviously. But they also want to kind of get that point. They're like, hey, look, we're coming out in droves to support this fucking, mm-hmm. you know, Pop Warner football bullshit. You know, these, these fish stringers, mm-hmm. which no disrespect to them, but I mean, that's... Pretty yeah. much what it is. Like. You, listen, everybody in the AAF is better at football than me. Exactly. I, I me hope, too. <laughs> I, I hope I'm yeah. making that clear. Yes. They are all better than I am. Exactly. At, me too. At whatever they do. Exactly. But, and, and the Niggas things are like, still trash. <laughs> but the things like with San Antonio residents, I guess they're looking at it as like, look, and even maybe like city council is like, look, we got people to come out here to go to these games mm-hmm. to watch these guys. Imagine if you get an actual factual professional team mm-hmm. to the Alodome. What we can do because mm-hmm. the Alamo Dome, I think, I think holds about sixty to seventy thousand. They could, yeah. And San I mean, Antonio would support a team. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, shows if they're willing to come mm-hmm. out to almost close to damn near forty thousand mm-hmm. to watch the Commanders. Who's to say like they're not going to sell out or come damn near close to a sellout if an actual professional team uh, was there? Like I was there at the game when uh what was about over ten years ago when it was the Falcons and the Saints when uh Katrina hit mm-hmm. and they had to relocate to the dome and you know I got to see Michael Vick play. I mean, I think that game damn near sold out. To watch two teams that mm-hmm. nobody in San Antonio gave a fuck about, but it was just like, oh shit, San, uh, NFL football here in San Antonio. Fuck it, let's go. Like, you know what the thing is, though? Hmm. People will go to watch that game. Yeah. People who aren't going to the game are not turning that game on on their TV. True. Like in San Antonio. Yeah. Like they're exactly. not like, man, we got to make sure we watch the Commanders game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, I feel like it's one of those things where if you can't sell TV rights, mm-hmm. if people aren't watching the television, if you can't bring advertisers in, Plus the, mer- the, plus, the merchandise was very expensive. I think $85 for a jersey with no name on it. Not that, not that there should be a name on it, and that's a bigger point. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the thing I want to bring around. Um, so we were talking to Stash, mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, if I was, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I would uh, 
let's say the XFL offered me $10 million. I would take them, I'd leave school a year early, go play there for $10 million, and then look at the NFL. And my head damn near exploded. I was like, what? Are you crazy? That's insane. Um, Now, we don't know much about the XFL. Yeah. Here's what I know. Every single football league that's not the NFL has failed. A hundred percent of them. Yeah. Not 90%, not 80%, 100% of them have failed. USFL is no longer around. I don't... There's always... What do I want to say? Like, it's always a pattern until you break it. There's yeah. always a first. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I... And I'm, you know, in my old age, I'm less optimistic about a lot of things just in life. But when I look at the AAF, which seemingly came out of nowhere and people were excited about for three weeks, mm-hmm. and it's gone now. Yeah. Um, Bolded. So me as, let's say I'm the number one overall pick right now. Because really, if Trevor Lawrence could have come out, mm-hmm. he'd be the number one overall pick. Oh, absolutely. Like he'd be, they, they, they stash him somewhere in... Uh, you know, they freeze him like Captain America, goddammit, <laughs> and then thaw him out when it's time to play. You know, like when when, when is the NFL he's draft? About a month or a couple weeks or nigga, the NFL draft is next week. That's right, next week. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, because it's right between um something. I don't That's know. That's right. It always begins when Fiesta begins. Mm-hmm. Shout out San Antonio. Yeah, we're gonna talk about San Antonio later too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just like, my biggest thing was one: you don't know what the relationship's gonna be like with the XFL mm-hmm. and the NFL. Two, if I'm the number one overall pick, you're not putting me behind a bunch of people who can't block for me and a bunch of guys who can't catch the ball. Like, a, a big part of being an NFL draft prospect is lying. And, and let me be clear. <laughs> like, if you know that there's something that you can't do, I'm, and I think Trevor Lawrence can do everything. Yeah. But if there's a deficiency you have in, if they see it on tape, when you go, there are reasons people don't run the 40. There are reasons people don't throw at the combine, and they only throw at their pro day. It's because they're not going to let you find flaws that would lower your draft grade and mess up your money. Very true. I'm going to go play behind uh, a bunch of gas station attendants (laughs) for a year (laughs) and and risk really messing this up. And make table scraps and risk getting CTE immediately. even, Even that. Let's say he plays great. Let's say he's fantastic. Some other kid comes out of nowhere and blows the doors off of everything against top talent. All of a sudden, you go from number one pick to the number eight pick. Your money's different immediately. And granted, there are so many variables, but if I'm a first round pick, no doubt that I'm first round. Ain't no way I'm going to a lesser league um, even if it's for a big payday, because I'm messing up my longevity, the number of eyes on me, endorsements down the road. Like, there's a lot that I think that you're losing as a top flight talent, you know? So, I don't know. And, and look, the kid may leave and do it. And then, you know, good on him if that's good what luck, works. Good luck to you. Yeah, yeah like man. I said, never, never want to... Wish anybody bad, but I personally would not go to the XFL because, kind of like you said, yeah, a bunch of gas tennis blocking for you. I don't want to sit there at, you know, the young age of like 20, or obviously I'm not that young, but like if you're 21, 22 years old and you're walking over to the oven to get cookies out of the oven, but there's nothing in there. Yeah. And your pants are at your ankles, so. Wow. Well, 
Peanut. <laughs> Texas decided. You get pregnant. You get an abortion. You gotta die. Yeah. Um, why don't we like women? <laughs> Asterisk. Old white Texas men don't like women. I think a lot of people don't like women. True. Even women don't like women. Very true. You know, and I, I, I don't know what they did. <laughs> I don't know what they did wrong. But yeah, um, basically, uh, representative was it? Tony Tenderholt from Arlington. Tinder. Um, let's see. Introduced a bill. Wait, where is he from? From Arlington. Of course. Where else would he be from, right? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, he wanted to guarantee equal protection for life in and outside the womb. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you... You know what I think about it. It'll be hard for me to have this conversation without going, you know, left. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about a bill that says that a woman who had an abortion um, would be subject to the death penalty? It's fucking terrible. I mean... And, and, and you, you know, what's the best way to explain it? Women have abortions for many reasons. Those reasons are none of our business. First and foremost, it's nobody's business. You have an abortion, okay, that's fine. My thing is this if you're so worried about that child, Please line up at the door to adopt that child immediately from birth. If yeah. you're that, if you're that worried, provi- provide them with it with the amazing life that they're supposedly guaranteed that they're gonna have, no matter the situation. So, I there's so much to it. Yeah, like it, it's really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, women already have to fear more things than we do as men true um, very true and on, on every level um they have to fear more at their jobs they have to fear more on the street they have to fear more in their homes they have to fear more at the doctor's office like they they have all these things that they have to deal with um they shouldn't fear being forced to keep a child that they would be solely responsible for because the people introducing bills like this, they're not looking to help children. No. You know, they're not looking to... They, these aren't the people who are behind after-school programs. These aren't the people who make scholarships for the less fortunate. Um, they're not out here trying to trying to clean out... Or they're, they're not trying to, you know, get these orphanages, like, you know, empty. Yeah, yeah. Not they're, not, they're, not, they're not trying to, to clear foster care. That's yeah. not what they're doing. Um they're being fucking assholes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Long story short, they're being fucking assholes. I, I feel like people who do things like this do it to maintain a lower class. Because a lot of the people who are in situations where they want to have abortions, um, a lot of times it's a financial thing. They're not in position to uh, care for themselves, let alone somebody else. And so they make a decision early on. Or, I mean, they're younger, which kind of presents the same situation. Again, you're not financially set. You're not where you want to be in life. And for somebody to step in and say, you know, we're going to force this on you is disgusting. I I can't even make jokes about this. Like, it it just, it's terrible. And um, 
if anything like this, you know, were to pass. Well, and then the update on that is um, there's another uh, ugh, representative. I don't. Even, I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. And I had the article actually given to me yesterday. Uh, but I'm too goddamn lazy to pull it up. But basically, and you know, it's great. Like he's a Republican too, but he's he said flat out, like I'm gonna tell you right now, this bill is not gonna leave my committee because basically, I saw you know, that. Yeah, like, I and I mean to sure. summarize, he's like, you know, yeah, you know, there's being pro life, but there's also doing shit the right way. This is bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. And the crazy thing is, like uh, the sheriff of the county that he resides in is like, you know, like we have to pretty much we have to give protection for this guy because like there's been so many death threats for this representative for basically saying like this fucking bill is not gonna leave my committee like you know it's not gonna reach the house Mm -hmm. so basically like you know fuck this bill which like i said it's crazy like you know people are you know we're we're, we're threatening people over bills that that you're not willing to help solve a problem with like you know it's fucking nuts i feel like we've talked about all the serious stuff Mm -hmm. it's it's a good time for a break Absolutely. So we can get to these jokes. Yes. Does that sound okay? <laughs> South Congress and the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast have two online stores to buy shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, notebooks, and more. Visit redbubble.com and tpublic.com and search Seahawk to see all of the merchandise. We run specials every few weeks, so join the South Congress and East Coast Cast Facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions. All right, let's get to the bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> let's get I'm to the bullshit. Where you want to start with uh, Magic Johnson? Yes, 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 please. Magic Johnson did that thing that you do where... <laughs> Like, you know, you ever been dating a girl and, like, it's going, like, really, really fun? And then mm-hmm. she starts hitting you with the what are we? Like, y'all are cool. Like, y'all go out to eat every now and again. Like, you talk on the phone. You text. You don't put no title on it. But she's like, what are we? What are we? We're cool. And then you tell her, like, you know, I was having fun. <laughs> this ain't fun no more. Magic Johnson stopped having fun. Yep. So Magic Johnson did, like, something that none of us will ever be able to do. True. Could you imagine, like, you're at uh, you're at assembly, and your principal can't go to the assembly because they're all doing something else. And you get up in front of the assembly, and you're like, well, it's been cool, but eh, I don't really want to do this no more. I'm out, guys. I'm going to catch y'all. Yeah. And then you just peace out. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Magic Johnson said he did not go to Genie Bus, called a press conference, and was like, yo, I feel like I can't be me. Um, I, I just kind of feel constrained. And you know, I got to get out of here, man. Like, I got to I gotta go do my thing, and I'm going to catch y'all later. He probably said, you know what? I'd rather just get back on ABC and just talk about sports. Oh, my God, man. And commentate. Yeah, I just want to. He, he really said, I want to be able to tweet what I want. Yeah, I'm going to have fun, yeah. <laughs> Magic Johnson. I mean, he beat HIV. He don't care about none of this shit. According to Milan, he never had it. <laughs> According to Milan, the earth is a frisbee. So, <laughs> you know, that's my man, but we got to, you know. But yeah, Magic Johnson beat HIV, man. He don't care about none of this shit. No. Like anything that starts to stress him out, I think, he's going to be like, nah, I don't need this. Yeah. Magic I mean, Johnson. Beat HIV, you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. He has all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. So why give people reasons not to love you? Well, and that's the thing. Apparently, they were saying is that there's things going around that apparently 
a lot of this had to do with that. There's about to be like some kind of conduct allegations against him. Like he's just pretty much an asshole. Like they were saying during a, I think a meeting in October where Luke Walton was trying to give his advice or do whatever. And pretty much magic said, shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, I, if I, magic told me to shut the fuck up in a basketball setting, I'd be like, okay. Like, cause obviously he's been through a lot. He's uh he knows the sport. Pretty much damn near better than anybody on and off that court currently. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, what a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, they get LeBron. They have these young players around. They think they have a good coach in place. Um, and it's it just all fell apart. Um, Throw the whole Lakers organization away. Yeah. Go, go Clippers. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can polish a turd. It's still a turd. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kobe, great player that he is hung around too long mm-hmm. um, in a situation where I think they could have, you know, they could have gotten back on track. They could have been young and building. Trading D'Angelo Russell because he snitched on a nigga on Snapchat. And look what he's doing right now. They just beat the damn 76ers. He's cooking. He, yeah, comeback player of the year, easy. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if you can be that young and be comeback player of the year, but he's cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a, what a mess that organization is. Go Spurs, go. Um, uh, yeah, go Spurs, go, exactly. So remember when Lil Boosie was telling us about that time he saw uh, two guys having sex in the showers in prison mm-hmm. and semen was flying everywhere like spider webs from Spider-Man's yeah. arm. And he was a while out and he was like, oh, man, he's, Boosie was, it was a horror movie. Boosie was frightened out of his mind. So my thought was, like, Boosie's never going to put himself in position to to have to see semen flying everywhere again. <laughs> Guess what? What happened now? Boosie better get his binoculars ready. Because Boosie... <laughs> Boosie has the front row show to it Boosie all. Boosie messed around and got arrested uh, with weed, guns, and a bunch of money. Now, you can have a bunch of money on you. Um, I'm pretty sure Boosie being a however many time felon can't be around a an unregistered. Nobody can be around an unregistered gun. But I'm sure his paperwork specifically says no weapons, no drugs anywhere around you. No type of bullshit. I, I hope that, you know, this doesn't. Because, I mean, the thing about Boosie is he was kind of the first one to say something that we all kind of knew. You can't be a famous rapper in your city. As much as you may want to be, as much as you may want to help people, as much as you want may want to inspire people, it's hard because there's jealousy and there's envy, and in a lot of cases you're a target. And you got to believe that if Boosie is riding around with you know a gun, it's for his own safety because he understands how things work. Um, you know, we, you and I haven't really talked about Nipsey Hussle primarily because. You know, we had recorded before it happened. Yeah. The week it happened, we didn't do a show. And mm-hmm. I don't think a bunch of pods and a bunch of real deal journalists and family members stuff have done a great job memorializing a the guy. Yeah, There's not really yeah. a lot for us to add. Yeah. I mean, he was he was literally our age, mm-hmm. um, turned his life around and was doing some amazing things and has inspired probably a generation. And so salute to him for that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like. Boosie's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Um, <laughs> but and he's definitely been to see some 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 special showers once more. I, I hope he doesn't. I'm kidding. I'm kind of. If he does, he does. It's it's get funny, that though. special pomade. I just want to That's disgusting. Oh my god. Oh well. <laughs> oh okay. 
It's funny. I put talk about the Star Wars preview. You don't care about that. No, I give a fuck about Let that. me just say this. They don't give a fuck about it. Everybody does. The real ones don't give a fuck about it. Most... <laughs> It's like the highest grossing movies ever. The, the real ones. Man, fuck the real ones. Um, <laughs> somebody said, uh, you can see one of these two movies uh, right when they premiere. Mm-hmm. Either Star Wars or the new Avengers. Like, you can see one of them be the very first people to see it. Which one would you want to see? I said, well, I'd rather see, um, I'd rather see Star Wars. And I'm not, I'm a bigger Marvel fan than Star Wars fan, but I'd rather see Star Wars because if I see it immediately, I don't have to hear all the angry white guys talk about how it was too inclusive because I'm seeing it first. So, but if I see Avengers first, then I got to hear from these white dudes about why this movie was bad. Typically, they complain less about Avengers because, you know, got a bunch of white people in charge. Um, But yes, we won't talk about Star Wars. I'll just say. Nigga, I think the Emperor is back. You gonna have your lightsaber ready? Oh, my lightsaber's ready right now. Huh. No pause. Zing. Yeah, uh, but nigga, the Emperor, they got the Emperor laughing in the preview. I'm like, this nigga been dead for 40 years, but he's back. I'm pretty hyped. I think the nigga been calling the plays for like six movies. He's just been sitting in the background with his face looking like a hemorrhoided booger. Now, he definitely a weekend at Bernie's type shit. If somebody was holding the emperor up like a damn puppet. Yo, I watched Weekend at Bernie's like a week and a half ago again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how they got away with their bullshit. It was great. Rich white people are crazy. Because all they was doing, like that's how you know people with money don't give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a great transition to the next thing we're talking about. People with money don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. Because they were so concerned about what they wanted from Bernie, they didn't realize that nigga was dead. Bernie wasn't responding to them. Bernie didn't answer a fucking question. Bernie, are we going to go do yoga? Bernie, are we going to go sign that deal? Hey, Bernie, are we going to go play golf? And motherfuckers just bobbling around and shit, doing the thriller dance the whole time. They didn't know this shit. Weekend at fucking Bernie's. And the second was great. No. Weekend at Bernie's 2 was not great. Yes, it was. That's on the list of all-time bad scenes. No, that was great. Weekend at, the nigga was dead. But they had, had the music brought him back to life. Nigga Bernie was dancing around. He was dancing around. They had to get the the blood of a virgin. Uh, don't tell me about Weekend of Bernie's 2 ever again. Why? We, it's I love bad. So, speaking of white people not giving a fuck, mm-hmm. Lori Laughlin you... walked into a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, Lori, you really fucked up. Like, you really fucked up. Like, this shit that you did was crazy, right? But... We got a plea for you. Like, you're going to do two years in prison. If they say you're going to do two years, like a minimum two, they're going to put her in, like, the safest prison you ever seen. Basically, they're going to have her in the back of Coles, kicking it, right? Doing nothing. If she's good, that two years probably turns into 13 months. You got to sit back for 13 months and, and write your book. About, about, yeah, write your oranges a new black. Or whatever the fuck, right? Become she Martha was like, Stewart, basically. She was like, nah, that sounds fucked up. I'm not taking that deal. You bullshit me. Yo. She said no to the deal. And now, they hitting her with, 
more charges. Oh. So what they did oh. was they said, yo, you sit down for two years for uh, illegal infractions with schools. Bang. You good. Dog. Now they're going to hit it with money laundering oh. and conspiracy to commit fraud. And now her and her husband are looking at 40 years. Oh. <laughs> Dog. Or in the words of... <laughs> Dog. <laughs> Dog. What was she thinking? She wasn't thinking. Like, she thought, no. You got caught me. doing some of the most foul, non-violent shit that you could do. The most privileged shit ever from her. Oh, I, I didn't, I'm not taking him serious. Or I didn't, I didn't Two serious. years. Y'all are rich. You know where her husband is, right? Yeah, he was uh, the Mossimo guy, The right? nigga that started Mossimo jeans. I used to, I used to look, look at this Scott Hall figure. He's wearing Mossimo jeans right now. <laughs> Don't look at his butt like that. Oh. So, is he really? Yo, from two years to forty years for being a goddamn asshole. I, I mean, hey, she gonna die in prison. What would what would Uncle it Joey goes, say? Ooh, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> She's out of there, dog. Oh, so I, I mean, I guess perception really matters. Yeah. How do you perceive San Antonio? Is it how your president perceives it? Absolutely not. He's, in the words of Webby, he's full of that shit. <laughs> so, Trump already said that there's a wall in San Antonio. And we were one of the safest. Yeah. I don't super know safe because of the wall. Mm -hmm. um, and then he said that danger is tremendous in San Antonio. That real San Antonios can tell you about the dangers. My only dangers that I've had in San Antonio is maybe getting too high cholesterol and getting diabetes at, a, at an early age because of all the good Mexican food. I'm trying to think of like the actual danger I, I was in in, you know, a decade of living in San Antonio. Um, probably possibly getting SEDs from that chick from the club. Yeah, but I was cool. Yeah. Everything, everything that, that came back. That would be your biggest danger. Everything came back clear. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, Entro. Um, Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, granted, there's danger everywhere. Mm -hmm. Something bad can happen to you literally anywhere. But in San Antonio, like we were, we spent, we're not from the hood, but we was in the hood kicking it yeah. in the middle of the night. We used to record in studios where they had to draw the fence back and then lock it when we came in. That's right. Because niggas were robbing. Yeah. We never got robbed. No. We was cool. And, it, and that never dawned on me that of why they did that. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay. Hey, what up, Wicked? We used to be outside them fences, kicking yeah. it with the hose. Mm -hmm. Wow. Niggas were out there smoking squares. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever pulled up on us. Nope. Nobody ever ran down on us. We nope. was cool. No legal immigrants. I mean, the, guys. If, if any, you know, hey. All they're going to do is they're going to cut your lawn for dirt cheap and do All a, a they're hell of a job at it. Only thing an illegal immigrant is going to do in San Antonio and is... And sell you some badass, bomb-ass breakfast is, tacos. Is pick up the furniture that you leave on the curb before the trash man pulls up. Mm -hmm. Dog, I swear to God. I, we put a couch out there one time. They came in the house, put the garage door down, looked back out the window, that bitch was gone. <laughs> and I think I heard some horns in the background. <laughs> Niggas was gone. <laughs> Illegal immigrants ain't causing no stress in San Antonio. No, but and nobody nobody in San Antonio that don't live in Alamo Heights fears illegal immigration. Niggas don't give a Alamo fuck. Alamo Heights or Stone Oak. Or Stone Oak. But they, you know. 
but you know that, that's why I, I'm hoping they do get, they do get this low income housing. Fuck you, Chris. I would I love. Do, I do yeah. hope they do. Well, yeah. not really. Fuck you, but you know. Chris, what up, cool. Big C? Happy birthday, Big C. Happy birthday, Big C, <laughs> baby. Yo, I only got one thing left. Unless you got something you want to talk about. No. What's a better feeling? Getting your girlfriend back or getting your old work back? Because <sighs> we recently had a conversation about somebody mm-hmm. who was dealing with this woman and then she basically ghosted. Mm-hmm. And then she jumped right back into the picture like, hey, I ain't talked to you in a while. I'm just saying like, you know, if you're not busy, like we can we can do that thing we used to do again. So what's a better feeling like your relationship not working out and then y'all rekindling that and getting back to being serious or like something you used to plow through? Being oh, like, plow. Hey, being so, like, hey, um, what's good? Plow king, baby. <laughs> you the plow king? Plow king, baby. You call Mr. Plow? Call Mr. Plow, baby. <laughs> Yo, I got to I mean, I've dated girls and it didn't like and broken up and mm-hmm. gotten back with them. Yeah. And I was like, you know, off and on and, you know. But that, that just always led to more stress. Yeah, true. But something you used to knock down. And they actually enjoyed it. And then they pop back up like Undertaker and try to get knocked down again, like six months after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even think that's close. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> it's great to be back <laughs> podcasting. What oh, up, my baby? God. Um, yeah. We missed y'all. South Congress Podcast, episode 63. My name is Cameron. And I'm Isaiah. And we're out. Do you want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.